everyone. I'm Stella, fitness and health coach and the host of this Inspire show. We always uh, talking about uh, health and mindset and uh, uh, also mental health. It's important. Uh, today, my special guest is author of the book uh, Gasping for Air. Here is Dana Diaz. Hi, Dana. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. <laughs> um, can you introduce yourself? Uh, are you a wife or or mother or we know yes, who you are? I am yeah. all of those things. I I am a wife. I am a mother of a wonderful twenty year old son. I am also the mother of two cats who don't get along very well, but they both love me, so it works out. Um, and I am a writer. I have uh, published my book, Gasping for Air, and I am working on publishing the next two books in that series about narcissistic abuse. And both of those books will be out by next summer, hopefully. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, and why you choose this topic? Um, unfortunately, it's been my lifelong experience. Um, I my mother was a she had me as an unwed teenage mother, and she didn't want me. Um, but she married a man who wanted me even less. And it turned out I didn't realize when I was a little girl, but he was a narcissist. Well, he still is a narcissist, um, but he ver verbally and physically abused me. Um, so it, it definitely did not make me feel good to grow up in a home where my mother, you know, allowed this man to treat me that way. And he made sure that I knew that I was not wanted. I was not ever going to be loved by anybody. I was never going to accomplish anything. Um, he just made sure to reduce me to nothing and to treat me like I was, you know, nothing as well. Um, so I went out into the world thinking I would never let somebody mistreat me again. And I ended up falling for somebody that reminded me exactly of my abusive stepfather. I Right from the, the second I met him, I knew his personality. I didn't want to fall for it, but because I had been so starving for love, um, it, you know, he was the only person that was interested in me. So I thought I would give it a, a try. And 25 years later, unfortunately, um, after a long marriage and a child, um, I became very ill and I was otherwise very healthy. I, I coached cross country, which is the running team at the school. I ran five miles every morning. I was a very healthy eater, but I was suddenly having a lot of medical problems. There were about two dozen symptoms that I was experiencing every day, kind of like musical chairs. I never knew when they would come, how severe they would be, um, but it was everything from blurry vision to my hands going numb um, to various pains. Um, my heart was affected. Um, I, I actually passed out a few times. I, I just, I didn't understand what was going on. Um, and then within a two week period, I, I dropped 20 pounds. I was down to 93 pounds and I was skeletal and my skin was gray and I couldn't even tear toilet paper off the roll. And, and it scared me because I was in my early forties. And I, like I said, I was otherwise very healthy and very conscientious about my health always had been. 
Um, so I didn't understand what was going on. And after a year of going to various doctors and specialists and they ran all their tests, they determined that I had had so much cortisol, which is the stress hormone running through my body because of the abuse I was experiencing in my marriage that I, my body actually thought it was eradicating some sort of a virus, you know, like a cancer or something that it killed. My body was killing off its own white blood cells. So I was having autoimmune reactions. And then I developed this lung syndrome that the doctor said is like having a pulmonary disorder and fibromyalgia all at once which explained all the other symptoms. And I ended up wearing a backpack oxygen uh, breathing machine with a mask um, and, and mm. you know, just trudging my way through. Um, so that's sort of when I had to um, really reevaluate things because, you know, my doctor had sat me down and said, you know, your, your body is shutting down. Um, your organs are not functioning properly because your body's doing everything it can just to keep your heart beating and keep your lungs, you know, allowing you to breathe. And that really scared me, you know, cause you don't want to hear that when you thought you were healthy and you were thought you were living, you know, a, a healthier lifestyle. Um, but he said, whatever is going on to, to cause you all this stress, there's no pill, there's no surgery. You're the only one that can change it. And I think when I really thought about that. And I, I went home, I remember laying to bed that night and thinking, you know, what, what do I want? Because I was miserable. I mean, I certainly wasn't happy. Um, but much more so than anybody in an unhappy marriage. I mean, there were, he was threatening my life and he was, uh, just the, the things that were happening, stealing money and, and cheating and, and just so many things going on. I couldn't, even process one thing before something else would happen. So I just asked myself, what do I want? Because I, nobody had ever asked me that. And I think that was the turning point for me to change my mindset because, you know, between my doctor telling me that I, I'm the only one who had the power to, to save my life, to save my health, and then me thinking about it. And, and I realized that all those years, I, I mean, certainly as a child, I couldn't walk out of an abusive situation. There was nothing I could do. But in a 25-year-long adult relationship, I, I had the power in me all along. I just didn't realize it. I thought he was holding me back. I thought he was preventing me from living my life. I thought he was the one making those restrictions. But once I realized it was me and that I had the power to make choices that were better for me, that's when it switched up. I had been the one that put the collar and the leash around my, my neck. I was the one that bound myself in those circumstances by excusing and enabling and tolerating everything that had been going on. So once I decided that I was not going to do that anymore and that I wanted to live and not just live, but live a life that was true to my my purpose and my passion and and all the things that I had wanted, you know, before he was telling me I couldn't have those things, then that just changed everything. 
And that's the beautiful part of it is that it's all in your mind sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly the abuse was real. You know, everything that happened was real. But what, what was different, what was not real was that I was being bound by somebody else. Nobody else was keeping me there. Yes, there are situations, you know, extreme ones where people are physically bound, you know, to some place and held against their will. But that was not my case. I I could just as easily, you know, change my life. So that's what I did. I ended my marriage. um, And and the miraculous thing was that once my um, ex-husband moved out of the house, it's like the energy was different. Um, Mm -hmm. there, There was none of that tension and hostility. I didn't have somebody every single day speaking you know, bad words and insults and demeaning comments. And without all that negativity, all my symptoms, my physical symptoms disappeared. All because of your body didn't make cortisol. You were exactly. I was at peace. And, and that was the thing about it. It took me some adjustment time, though, because I, I was still fearful. You know, he had made me so that I, w- I was afraid you know, sometimes to go against what he wanted or his rules of how things should be. But once he was gone, I didn't have to follow his rules. I could do things on my accord. And, 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 you know, it was a little more extreme. He was dictating everything, Mm -hmm. telling me what I could wear, what to eat. He would even ask me a question and follow it by saying, this is how you should answer me. So then he's telling me what to say. He was telling me who I could go be with. He was telling me whether I could go to church or not. He was just, he didn't even allow me. He didn't like me to go on the computer. He didn't like me reading books. I didn't even have a smartphone until after the marriage was over because, you know, it, it was just so many things. But again, once I realized I had the power, I changed my, my perspective. It's just been a wonderful thing. And it's, it's interesting because it was just three years ago that our marriage ended. And in that short amount of time, I have, you know, completely transformed my life and and realized every vision that I had for what I wanted. Um, You know, so it's a beautiful thing when you can realize you know, the power and the potential you have, um, if you really think about it. Yes, it's because we we think we have so many limiting beliefs about yes. ourselves, about everything. Sometimes we sometimes just need to to see things from from different, uh, different perspectives. Exactly. And I think in my case, it didn't help that the way I grew up as well, because with with my stepfather, you know, again, it was every day, the negative, you know, always saying, you know, he would have comments about my body. So I developed a body image, he would comment about, you know, I was six years old and eating just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, something very simple, that's going to make you fat, you shouldn't eat too many of that, you know, so all these things that you internalize, I knew it was wrong, I didn't believe him, I stood up, but when you hear it every day, it just becomes so much a part of you, you know, and even when you don't believe what they say, and you know, they're wrong and what they're saying to you, just the stress of, 
you know, worrying about it. Oh, well, the next time I eat a peanut butter jelly sandwich, I'm going to make sure he doesn't see me. So now I'm hiding over here trying to eat, or maybe I just won't eat at all. And then it was, you know, when I was a teenager, oh, your hips are widening like a, like a middle-aged woman. And I'm thinking, oh my God, nobody's going to want you if you're not, you know, you're getting fat and, you know, just all these things he would say that, it just affected me so much. But my ex-husband, it was the same thing. It was the constant negativity, putting me down, demeaning me, insulting me, you know, and th this was among all the other abuses, but that verbal abuse was just so torturous because of how it really does affect the way you look at yourself. And when you feel um, such a low self-esteem and a low self-worth, mm -hmm you do limit yourself to the circuit. You th I mean, for many years, I thought, I guess this is what my life is. I guess I was just meant to be miserable and I'm just going to die one day and that'll be all there is. But thank God there was still a little fire left in me that, you know, once I was out of that and once I could break that cycle for myself, you know, here I am. I, I never imagined I'd author a book and now I have two more coming and, and, and just the impact that I'm making on other people's lives by sharing my story, you know, because people are realizing, you know, they're thinking for themselves, well, if she could do it, maybe I can do that too. Maybe mm -hmm. I have that strength in me and, and everybody does, you know, I, my ex-husband, even though I had a college degree, he had me cleaning houses in, in a little small farm town, you know, here in the U S and in the Midwest. And, you know, that was just three years ago. I was still doing that. Nobody believes that the girl who was scrubbing their toilets and washing their floors on her hands and knees is now an author of a book that people are reading all over the world. So it, it's such a wonderful thing once you can understand that other people have to limit you and reduce you because of their own unhealed trauma, but it's not you. It's just what they're burdening you with because they don't have the strength to face it themselves. Yes, they, they, I don't know, Nazis may, they, they need that power because oh, they, they are, don't, actually, maybe they don't have enough self-esteem. That's why I'm they do, doing that. That's exactly what it is. They they usually have a deep-seated insecurity, so they need to feel a sense of superiority and importance over others. So they will do things and manipulate situations to get admiration and praise. So some of them, and not all of them are abusive. Some might just really like having the flashy car and, and the, the fancy clothes and, you know, like to have status, you know, they want to wear a Rolex watch and, and those things just so people can see, oh, look at them. They must be something because, you know, look at all the things they have. Some of them will, will just be on that end and they're not bothering anybody with it. But certainly the ones like, the one that raised me and the one I was married to, these are, you know, further along on the spectrum of narcissism where they're, they are intentionally harming another human being to achieve that, that sense of ego fulfillment that they're looking mm -hmm. for. Um, but it definitely d comes from a dark place because they really hate themselves. They are finding a deficiency within themselves but they refuse to face it. They don't want to acknowledge it. So they need everybody else mm 
to reflect back to them how wonderful they are so that they mm-hmm. feel it too. So it, it's a, it's a very, it, it's sad and it's sick all at the same time. They always want you to feel that you, you were blessed. Yes, absolutely. That's how they can feel more worthy. Exactly. It, it gives them a sense of, of dominance and power. And I, I mean, I remember telling somebody years ago that it almost felt like he was like he saw me and, and how how strong I was and, and you know, educated and, and all these things. And it's like he just wanted to suck all that out of me as if he could take it on himself, you know, so that he would feel that sense of achievement and and all these things that he wanted. It's like, I couldn't have it. He had to have it, you know, instead of it, at least in a romantic situation, you know, when you're with somebody, especially in a marriage, it should be for the benefit of everybody. You know, yes. it's okay if one person's more highly educated or this one has a better job or this one makes more money. That's okay because you're trying to do things together. It's for everybody. It's for your, your spouse. It's for your children. It's for your family. But narcissists see everything as a competition. So you can't mm-hmm. do better than them. You can't have anything better than them. You can't have anything at all because then they feel better about themselves and they feel like they are better than you. It, it's just an awful thing because they really do do a good job of diminishing, you know, the worth of the person, you know, that they're with romantically because I mean, how, why did I stay so many years? There's a million reasons, but you know, I look at my mother even, she's still married to her husband and by choice and she is estranged from me as a choice because she felt that she couldn't be my mother and his wife and she would rather be you know, his wife, she is choosing that situation because she, she had said to me once that she didn't think that she could have such a nice house and a nice car and all these nice things if she weren't with him. And I thought, but you haven't even tried, you know, (laughs) you know, this is somebody who's just basically given up because they have accepted the the idea of themselves that the other person has has you know filled them with she thinks she can't do anything she is not competent or capable on her own that she needs him and she has bought into it unfortunately i i never did i didn't buy into it with my ex i tried i tried very hard to see if i could change him it, because I made a vow and I didn't take the marriage lightly, but I I look back and think I shouldn't have married him at all. And I don't say that regretfully, but I say it because I remember on our wedding day thinking, what the heck am I doing? Because I, 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 standing there in my dress, hearing the wedding march, I just knew I'm like, there's no way this is going to last. What are we doing? We should not be doing this, but I did it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I know. Uh, how could uh, how he react when you thought you want the, the divorce? Well, I'll be honest with you. I didn't. I mean, we had had many, many talks. I think he sensed the change in my mindset because I was acting a little differently. I was setting boundaries for the first time. 
I was defending myself, standing up for myself, doing the same for our son. He didn't like that. He knew something was going on and, and he wasn't stupid. He, you know, narcissists know their person very well. They know how to, how to manipulate you. So he sensed that I was done once and for all for good, yeah. even though all the times I said I was done, he could tell this was different. Um, I did not tell him. I was actually scared to tell him that I had consulted with an attorney because by that point he had, um, I, I had stopped answering his phone calls so that he was forced to send me messages or emails because I wanted what the things he was saying in writing. Mm -hmm. I needed to say it, but I was collecting evidence. I was mm -hmm. thinking ahead and he had expressed um, very clearly that he wanted me dead. Um, so I was scared. Um, in my situation, it was a little more severe. So I did not want him to know because I was terrified of what he might do if he found out. Um, so I did consult with an attorney. Unfortunately, this was during 2020. So COVID came and we had to, we had the shelter in place. So we had to stay home, no work. Um, so I was locked in the house with him. And so I moved to my basement for good. I, I took everything I needed down there with me. He lived upstairs and our son lived in the middle, the main level of the, the home. <laughs> it was very awkward. But during that time, um, you know, I, I just, I, I waited it out and I hoped, but I was keeping a journal of everything that was being sent to me in messages. I, I was writing down anything that he might say in passing when we had to see each other, um, because I was honestly afraid that he might do something and make it look like an accident. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, people knew who it was because, you know, these narcissists are interesting because out in public to the world, everybody loves them. They're charming. Uh -huh. They're funny. They're charitable. They're generous. They'll do anything for anybody. And so nobody believes you when you say these things, you know, that they said this or did that, it just people cannot, you know, equate those two different personalities. So it's easier to disbelieve the victim than it is to accept the fact that this person that they actually like and respect and all these other things is capable of such awful things. But we also forget that there are serial killers in the world that have been charming and handsome too. And that's yes. how they get their victims. You know, these are not, you know, normal uh, people like us don't, you know, we're not attracted to somebody running around on the street looking crazy with a butcher knife. It's just, not, that's not, you know, what, what we <laughs> typically are attracted to. So, you know, it's very complicated, but at that point, um, it was good that I kept the journal. Um, and once the courts did reopen, I was able to file for divorce. Um, but right before I did, he actually moved out. Um, I think, like I said, he knew it was coming, but in a typical narcissist move, he moved out because he had to be the one leaving me because a narcissist can't take ah. that offense <laughs> to their ego. He couldn't have his wife leave him. So he oh. had to leave me. 
Yes. And then he told everybody that I was the abusive one and that I had harassed him. Um, you know, and I'm five, three and I was 93 pounds. I don't know how I did all those awful things to him, but, um, (laughs) you know, it didn't even matter for me. It was, uh, somebody else might cry and, and be depressed when their spouse leaves them. I just remember I said, thank you. Thank you. Whoever is, you know, caused this to happen because it was one less thing I had to worry about because I had been afraid that I wouldn't be able to get him out of the house, you know, without, without a situation or without legal action. So I was glad for it. Um, You know, it's unfortunate. He became most violent after the divorce though. Um, So there were some court appearances after that. And, and we had, uh, you know, to have his guns taken away from him by the state. And, uh, but I survived and, and I took that notebook that I was keeping that record in and I elaborated on the stories because once I got a smartphone and got back on the internet and mm-hmm. was able to read and, and I got on Facebook for the first time, I thought, oh my gosh, there are so many people going through what I went through and, you know, some not as bad and some much worse, but, you know, even though my situation was not the worst that ever was, I felt it was important enough that, you know, when I looked for books about narcissism, you know, there's, there's millions of books out there about it, but none of them, I only found maybe three or four in the entire world that people talked specifically about their experiences that shared Mm -hmm. their stories. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know what, this is something that's important. We are, we are silenced when we're abused, but I'm not going to be silenced once I'm out. I'm not going to be because there's too many people that are always going to be afraid to speak up. And there's too many people that are in worse situations that literally would be killed if they exposed what was going on in their home. So somebody has to speak up for them. And I said, there's other people out there doing it, but I'm going to be one of them as well. So that's why I ended up publishing my, my book of, of what, you know, and, and not everything is not even in the book. So you can only imagine what isn't in it, but um, it's turned out to be a wonderful thing for a lot of people um, to give themselves you know, that same perspective of, you know, that they have the power, they can make the change, they just have to choose it. And, and, you know, I always warn people, if you're going to make that choice to leave, just do it safely, be careful, you know, your situation better than anyone else. But, you know, I I definitely want people to know also that, you know, you're not stuck. It's so much better on the other side of it, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to be able to, to wear what I want to wear and I can read what I want to read and do what I want to do. It sounds like such a simple thing, but you know, we are deprived of that, but again, we're depriving ourselves of it for every second that we tolerate it and stay in those situations. So, um, you know, that's the big message I want to get across. And I will say too, that, you know, not only have I become healthy since I have been out of that and it's only been three years, I am remarried to the most wonderful man. I've known him for a very long time because I would have never dated. I would never wanted to get married again, but I'm able to even have a healthy relationship after all that trauma. And that doesn't mean we don't have hiccups. It doesn't mean I don't have, you know, anxiety sometimes or the hypervigilance or, or, 
you know, triggers once in a while. I, I have had to do therapy to learn how to self-regulate and how to manage myself, whether it was with a romantic person or anywhere in the world. But I want people to know that you don't have to shut yourselves off to love because you're scared. I understand that, but we all deserve love and we all deserve happiness and we all deserve to live freely, you know, with our own thoughts and our, our own ideas and our own dreams and wishes. And so it is possible. You just have to decide that that's what you want for yourself. Yes, it's true. And congratulations for good relationship. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it, I was unsure, but we, we are doing very well. Very happy. Um, if you could go back in time. Yes. When? When would you go? And what would you say for yourself? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm one of these people who feels like even though I would change a lot of things and I wish a lot of things were different about my life, if I changed anything at any point, it might affect the outcome. And I would uh -huh. be terrified to change things. I, I'm sorry that I had to go through 45 years of, of stuff to get to this point where I, I feel good about who I am and that I'm I married the right person and and my son is good and everything's good. But I guess the only thing I would do is I would go back to my younger self somewhere in my mid-20s and just say, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you got to go through it, but it'll be okay. Because I think that's all I needed somebody to tell me. Mm -hmm. Yes, and because you have to try uh, I know. I, I wouldn't want to erase we, that. We and I wouldn't... Exactly. And I wouldn't want to miss, you know, being put in the position to meet my now husband and but so many things really, because if I hadn't been through those experiences, I wouldn't have the understanding that I have to have been able to author the book and, and to be able to, you know, interact with mental health professionals and legal professionals and, and the victims and survivors themselves to understand it, you know, in a way that they are really able to relate to me better. You know, we have a connection because they're like, oh, you get it. Like, and you know how to express it. Whereas a lot of people don't even understand what they're going through. So I wouldn't mm -hmm. want to have missed that when right now I'm living, I believe my true purpose and my true passion. Um, I just think I needed a little, just a, a little encouragement to know that it would all work out. I happy for you that you could do it. <laughs> so she do it. Everyone can do it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, one one question. Um, what can you uh, advise for for youngers or let's for women? Uh, what are those red flags? Uh, I think I think anytime. Yeah, anytime somebody is trying to control you with where you go, who you socialize with, who you see, anything about you, 
what you wear, what you say. If, if somebody is trying to tell you how you're supposed to be, that to me is a big red flag when they want to control you. Because somebody who really, truly loves you or even wants to get to know you on a real level will accept you exactly as you are. Even if they don't like what you're wearing, even if they don't like the way you do your makeup, even if they don't like the things that you read or the TV shows you watch, whatever it is, if they love you, they won't care about those things. You will be just perfect in your heart and in your soul. They will not want to change you. That is a big red flag. The other big red flag that I always warn people about um, <laughs> is just, it, it, it's not even a red flag necessarily, but to listen to your gut. If you're with somebody and 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 something about them is off, if you don't feel right, it, you know, I hate to say even if their energy, if you're just getting a little anxious mm -hmm. or or unsettled feeling around them, that's probably the biggest red red flag of all as well because you know, sometimes you meet people you just click. It just naturally, you know, you you wonder where they've been cuz it's like you came from the same you know, womb, they're your twin. You, they could finish your sentences. You just get along perfectly. We should mm -hmm. want to seek that in more of our relationships. It's a very rare thing, but we try so hard to make situations that aren't a right. It's kind of like taking a puzzle piece and you, you're sure it fits there, but it doesn't quite fit, but you're trying to force it. We do that. All of us do that with relationships. Why? Why do we do that? Why can't we just wait for that puzzle piece that just fits right in? No problem. Easy peasy. You know, so I, listen to your gut. Yes, but I think that's why we 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 are not waiting for right one because uh, we're we are not healthy mentally. We are not healthy mentally because we want to to connect with someone. It doesn't matter. It's not the perfect, but we we want to connect with someone because we are not enough happy we are not love ourselves enough I think very true and we want things when we want them because we're impatient we don't want to wait you know I had to wait 45 years to marry this wonderful man I'm married to now but you know what if I would have met him 20 years ago I don't know, would our relationship have worked? Because he was married previously to somebody that was controlling and not so nice to him. And, you know, I think that we're better partners to each other now than mm -hmm. we would have been before because of what we've been through. So I think we just, you know, we worry too much about timing. So just be patient and wait for the right one. And in the meantime, it's okay to have fun. It's okay to date. It's okay to you know, meet people. You don't have to commit to every single one, though. My mother find the perfect man in her 79 years. I love it. I love that. Good for her. But and, she found she him. Said, that was the thing. She said, I didn't know that there is a perfect man. <laughs> <laughs> None of us do until we find him. So, you know, there's a there and there's somebody for everybody. And that's the beautiful thing about it. And, and we just have to wait and be patient. And that person, you know, like even my husband, I was not looking when he approached me. I actually told him no a few times because I just said, oh my gosh, after everything I've been through, that is not what I want to do. I don't want to be with anybody. I'm not wanting to be in a relationship. Um, so he was he was patient and persistent. 
but mm-hmm. I'm glad that I gave him a chance because you know, it, it, it's been very good. It's been, it, it, it just, it was easy. It was that good fit. So congratulations. And thank I'm you. happy for you. <laughs> Me too. And, uh, thank, <laughs> thank you. And the last question, but some, just uh, one or two. Uh, um, sure. <laughs> so forgot to speak. It's just one or two sentences. What are you? Uh, uh, what What is your message to my uh, listener? I think just be true to who you are. Don't ever let anybody tell you who you are or dictate who you are. Stand firm and true in in, in your true self, and know that you are worth it. You you deserve better. You deserve more. And you'll live a much happier and much more peaceful life if you live your authentic self. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, and congratulations again for your book and for your new relationship. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>